We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. You bring your life story to him, everyone represented here. Different path going on in your life story. And what was in your life story a week ago, perhaps is not there this week. It has changed. Something else has come. I give you, share with you, God's grace, God's mercy, God's peace, as you are walking the path hand in hand with him. The better you understand that, the better do you have the first three ingredients of the fruit of the Spirit. The greater you understand that God is walking hand in hand with you, the greater you understand his love for you. And consequently, your love returns to him. When you were three, four, five years of age, there was no one that you loved on this earth more than your mom or dad. Your dad was the strongest person on this earth. Your mom was the prettiest woman on this earth. When you're three, four, five years of age. That is the quote-unquote blind love that God would have us as his children. Unless you become like a little child who can never really understand the kingdom or enter it. That is the love that God would have us have for him. Whether we are in our teens or our thirties or our fifties or our nineties. Love for God. And if you have that love for God, and if you have that total understanding that God is with you, every moment that you live on this earth, Psalm 139, that every path is directed by him, there's a great weight taken off of you. That weight falls in the realm of fear and worry and shame and guilt. And if you have this intense love for God like you did for your mom or dad when you were three or four years of age, you have the second ingredient. You have Joy. How can you not have joy if you wake up every morning and believe it with all your hearts? This is a day that God has made. He is with me. He is with me. And if you have love and joy, then we do the equation. If two plus two equals four, then love for God and joy because he got him equals peace. Love plus joy equals peace. That is what I want to speak about today. The fruit of the Spirit, the ingredient called peace. Six months ago, he came into my office. Eddie Damstrad called me and said, Pastor, would you do a funeral? I said, who's the family? He said, one that you don't know. I said, are they Christian? He said, yes. I said, who's the contact? He has only one person left. His wife is deceased three years. He has one boy, 32 years of age. His name is Tony. I said, give me Tony's number. I want to set up a time to talk with him about his dad and about him. Six months ago, they came into my office, intensely angry young man. And moments later, intensely grief-stricken young man. 
For some minutes the anger would hold sway, nothing could stop it. And for some minutes then the grief would come and it would overwhelm him. His father had just died, the conflicting of emotions understandable in a way. He was angry because he said his father didn't have time for him. Had no time for me, always busy, always busy, always busy. Two jobs, three jobs. You, you understand, Pastor, at times he was working four jobs. And when he wasn't working, he was so exhausted that he'd come and he'd sit down in the chair. And within two or three minutes, uh, he would be snoring away in that chair. He was angry because he thought his dad didn't care about him. I would say to him, Dad, let's play catch. And he'd say, let me close my eyes for a couple of minutes, then we'll play catch. Dad, uh, can I need some help Help with my homework. Let me close my eyes for a couple of minutes, and then I'll help you with your homework. Dad, I got something going on in school. I need to talk with you about it. Let me close my eyes for a couple of minutes, and then we'll be talking. And Tony said, I knew when my dad closed his eyes, he wouldn't open them for three or four hours. He was so tired. I would go to my mom and say, he'd been asleep for a half hour. Let me wake him up. And mom would say, no, 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 don't wake him up. Do you know how tired your dad is? He gets three or four hours of sleep each night. Do you know how tired he is? Never read me stories, never went to my baseball games, never saw a single football game I ever had. I got cheated. I wish I had a different dad. And no sooner would those words come out of his mouth than the grief would come in great waves. But I miss him so much. He was all I had left. He was my dad. And then the anger comes and more stories and then the grief comes. More stories. And finally, after an hour, he was exhausted. And the only other person in the room beside myself, his uncle, his dad's brother, was exhausted. Absolute silence for three or four minutes. I didn't know what to say. I needed, I knew he needed time to just be quiet. And the uncle, very wise, knew he just needed time to be quiet. The uncle began to speak after five minutes. He spoke quietly, softly and calmly. He said to Tony, do you remember, Tony, when your dad would take you to the state park in Island, Minnesota, every Sunday afternoon, every Sunday afternoon, from the first warm day in spring to the last day of fall, you remember how your dad would take you to the state park? Every Sunday afternoon. And you'd go fishing with him all afternoon. You'd take hikes in the woods. Your mom would pack a picnic lunch. That's how you spend the day. Playing catch with the baseball in the spring. Playing catch with the football in the fall. Do you remember, Tony? Every Sunday afternoon. I would come over in the evening, Sunday evening. And you, Tony, you'd tell me about all the things you had done with your dad. The fishing and the hikes and everything. Do you remember, Tony? Do you remember that every August your dad would circle on the calendar of the state fair 200 miles away? When he got the calendar in January, he'd head to August, he'd look at when the state fair was, and he'd circle the dates. 
Do you remember that every summer, for 15 years, you and your dad, your mom would stay home, you and your dad would go to the state fair. And he didn't have the money, so I would help him. Dave's in Motel, the one with the swimming pool. Tony, do you remember? Every Thursday night and Friday night, that's where you would stay. Your dad could hardly afford to take three days off to go to the state fair, but he wanted to do that with you. And when he came back, he would tell me about all the things that you and he had done. All the shows you had seen, all the exhibits, everything you had done. Do you remember, Tony? And for a solid 45 minutes, the uncle shared with him story after story, reminding him of the things his father had said and reminding him of the things that his father had done. And then he did one other thing. He said, I have to help you, Tony, understand why your father was the way he was. I have to help you understand why he had to work those jobs. Tony, did you, did you ever realize, did your dad ever tell you, that when he was 14 years of age, he had to quit school? Your father was a great football player. Your father was very, very smart. But when he was 14 years of age, his father had a stroke. The grandpa you never get to meet. He had a stroke and your father had to drop out of school because he had to help run the family farm. And I want you to understand, I want you to understand, Tony, that the reason your father had to work two, three, four jobs, those menial jobs, because he had no further education beyond eighth grade. Because he had to help his father. And I listened in amazement as the uncle was a counselor and a comforter and a bringer of understanding and peace to his nephew, Tony. And when the uncle was finished explaining and bringing an understanding and a clarity to the situation between the boy and his now deceased father, I saw an almost immediate change in Tony. The anger was gone. The anger was gone if, as if blown away by some wind, as if a candle being extinguished. The anger was gone. And he sits back in the chair, and his shoulders relax, and his entire body relax. And he has a smile on his face, and he looks up to heaven, and he says over and over again, Now I understand, Dad. Now I understand. Now I understand. And I love you. Dad, what had the uncle done? Counselor, comforter, therapist, healer. 
Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus is born, he says, I'm going to tell you what Jesus is going to be when he comes to this earth. Isaiah 9, 6 through 9, we'll read it at Christmas time. He says, unto you is born a child. Government shall be upon his shoulder, the entire government of this world. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called, are you ready? His name shall be called Mighty, excuse me, Wonderful Counselor. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. The Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Father who never dies. And then he says, his name shall be called Prince of Peace. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And if he is those first three things in our lives, then he has to be the fourth. If you understand that he's the Mighty God who created this universe, if you understand he's a Wonderful Counselor, if you understand he's your Everlasting Father, he will be your Prince of Peace. And that's what Jesus did. Came to this earth, he said, when you see me, you see the Father. He said, when you hear me speak, you're hearing the Father's words. And when you see me in action, you see God the Father. When you see my compassion, you understand God's compassionate. When you see my mercy, you understand God is merciful. Listen carefully to these words. Day before Jesus dies, he is passing on the torch. He says to them, John 14, 1 through 6, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would not be speaking in this manner. I will go tomorrow via the cross to my father's house to prepare a place for you. And if I prepare a place for you, I'll come back, take you to be with me, that you might be where I am. It is 15 minutes later, and Jesus says this. Listen carefully to the wording. Jesus said, The Counselor, John fourteen twenty six, The Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name when I ascend up into heaven. He will teach you all things. He will teach you all things. He'll give you an understanding of everything I have said to you. And when he is through counseling you, you will have a peace that this world cannot touch. Do not let your hearts ever be troubled. Do not let them ever be afraid. Isaiah says about Jesus, he's going to be the wonderful counselor. Jesus says about the Holy Spirit, he will be the counselor. He will help you understand all things. He will teach you all things. About God, about salvation, about the 7,000 promises God has given you. 
He'll teach you about fear and worry. He'll teach you about your purpose for being on this earth. He'll teach you that life is not about you. It's not about arrogance and pride. It's about other people. It's about humility, as we just read. He will teach you. The great irony, no ironies with God. Look at the cover of the bulletin. What is it about? It's about exactly what I'm talking about. Did I know that was the cover of the bulletin? No, not until yesterday. Thank you. Did I know that the gospel would be the gospel for today? No. Did you hear the gospel? Did you hear the gospel? It says Jesus went alone with his disciples not to pray, people, not this time. Mark chapter 9, he goes away with his disciples and it says he goes to teach them. He goes to teach them. He's teaching them that he's going to die and they're going to rise again. Do you remember what it said? They did not understand what he was saying. Ten days after he ascends up into heaven, here comes the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit do? It teaches them and it brings to them an understanding. Did it affect them? You better believe it. Instead of hiding up in an upper room, instead of fishing at the Sea of Galilee, the old job they had gone back to, what do they do? Very next day, Simon Peter marches out in front of 5,000 people, including those who murdered Jesus, and he says, Jesus is the Messiah, you did him wrong. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Thief on the cross, why does he change his tune, cursing Jesus three hours later? Remember me when you come into your kingdom. What has changed with him? The Holy Spirit has come. Like Tony's uncle, he sits down in that room called the cross. And he says to the thief on the cross, you know, when Jesus said, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. He's talking about you. And he says to the thief on the cross, it just got dark at 12 noon and it's been dark for three hours. That's God. The Holy Spirit is teaching the thief on the cross. He's bringing an understanding to him. And the thief on the cross says, I believe in you. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Yesterday was an interesting day. A funeral at 10 o'clock here in the sanctuary, a wedding at 1 o'clock, a wedding at 3 o'clock, a wedding at 4 o'clock. That's what yesterday was. And as the family sat right here for the funeral at 10 a.m. in the morning, the mother had lost her daughter. I had done her funeral four months ago. And then her husband died. So she's sitting there. Having lost a daughter four months ago and having lost a husband she had been married to for 70 years. And when I sit and talk about, you're not saying goodbye to them, you're saying until I see you again. And as I talk with them about everlasting life, they're sitting there with a smile on their face and they're nodding their head furiously. Yes, 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 yes. Where is that coming from? It's not coming from anything inside of them. Is coming from the Holy Spirit teaching them and bringing to them an understanding. Will I ever understand why my son got brain cancer 14 years ago? Understand enough to realize that Connie and I and Joshua got closer to God during that time than at any other thing that could ever have possibly happened in our life. Where does that understanding come from? It's the Holy Spirit sitting down speaking to you. 
39 years in the ministry, so many, so many, so many blessings. At the weddings, when I shared with them, you didn't choose each other, God chose this person for you. Smile on their face, and understanding, and understanding of what the preacher is saying. Where does the understanding come from? It comes from the Holy Spirit. 39 years in the ministry, thousands and thousands of blessings. Some get it, some don't. The blessings come from God. The job came from God. The admission into that college came from God. You busting up your knee your senior year and the scholarship to Notre Dame is revoked. But look at you 15 years later. Look at what God did by closing down that career and opening up some other career. 39 years worth, people of the Holy Spirit sitting in people's nursing home rooms and hospital rooms and in their homes saying to them, I want to teach you about death. It's the only way you get to heaven. I want to teach you about storms. You'll come to know God better through storms than any other way. I'll teach you about your blessings. They didn't come because you got a high IQ and the right connections. They have come. Because God allowed them in your life. If you were up here and you moved to St. Louis, God has a good reason for it. And you understand it. You understand it. You understand it. And if the Holy Spirit, the mighty counselor, if he comes to you, it'll happen to you. It'll happen to the prodigal son, thief on the cross, and the twelve apostles. It'll happen to you. When the Holy Spirit comes and he teaches you all things and brings to your mind an understanding, then you will have the greatest desire of your heart. Then you will have peace. You will not be questioning God continually. Why did this happen? Why did this happen? Why did this happen? Where were you? Why did this happen? The Holy Spirit will give you peace beyond any human understanding. He will give you peace. Closing word, Jesus said, after he said the counselor will come, he said, my peace I will leave with you. The world won't be able to touch the peace that I leave with you. May it be so for you and me that the counselors sit down when we need him the most and tell us about the power, the love, and the wisdom of God. And may we grasp it like the thief on the cross, like the prodigal son, like Jonah, like the apostles. May God's peace be yours and may it be mine. In our Savior's name, amen. Friends, would you rise as we pray? Isaiah 43, they'll be studying it this week in their small group, and it is the lesson for peace. Isaiah 43, when the flood comes, it will not consume you. When the fire comes, you'll not be burned up. When the storm comes, you'll not be swept away. 
I am the Lord your God. I hold you in the palm of my hand. You belong to me, and my peace will be yours. In our Savior's name, amen.